When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, I'm Josh Smith and welcome to Rain. This podcast is all about the stories of incredible people and the challenges they faced on their journey to becoming who they are today. We all look at celebrities and think they've got it easy, but of course they're human beings like everyone else and they have similar problems to you and me. So in each episode, I'll be chatting to some of our favourite stars about how they've dealt with tough times from the mundane right the way through to the extraordinary to make it rain in their lives. And hopefully from these inspiring conversations, you'll find so much to relate to and make it rain in your own lives too. Get ready to hear some amazing stories from brilliant guests as well as some genius words to live by and of course, lots of lols along the way too. Welcome to Rain. In this episode, we're joined by Netflix's hot chef himself. It's Emily and Paris star Lucas Bravo, who's joining us from down under in Australia, no less. Lucas first got our pulses racing and started our desire to relocate to Paris ASAP after starring in the hit show back in 2020, which was watched by an incredible 58 million households in just four weeks from its release. Now it's back with season two and it's escapism we needed more than ever. Am I right? Yes, I am. (laughs) If you've already binged the entire season and are missing Lucas already, this year he will also hit the big screen in Ticket to Paradise, The Honeymoon, and Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. In this episode, Lucas shares some super funny stories from the set of Emily in Paris, talks about his life-changing solo trip to Alaska, where he lived alone in the Into the Wild camper van, and talks about how overnight fame has affected his body image. It's so incredible to hear a man in the public eye talk so honestly about his mental health, so there really couldn't be a better way to kick off this series, which celebrates looking after ourselves and our well-being. Well, hello, Lucas. How are you? Hi, Josh. Thank you for having me. So good to see you. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so excited to have you on Rain. And where in the world are you right now? I'm in Australia in the middle of the summer. How are things down under? <laughs> uh, it's, it's great. It's a lot of, um, you know, it's, 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 it's very, the, the, the vibe is very uh, surfy, summery. Um, and it's, you know, I think a part of me is still in... Uh, used to the Christmas mode and and just like staying home and eating chocolate and just but here everybody's exercising it's the summer you know summer body and everything so I'm trying to adjust to that but uh my my brain doesn't want to follow yeah you need to get yourself in that hot girl summer vibe basically god it's hard it's hard December is 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 usually you know you can't have like two summers in a row uh, like uh, having to think about that one summer is enough yeah that is enough yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just overthinking it. Uh, everything I eat is just a, a struggle, but, you know, it's okay. It's okay. Well, it's all okay because Emily in Paris is back. Yes. One of my favorite shows. And it's better than ever, right? 
It is. It is. You know, we went crazy this season. We just, you know, uh, we just everything was amplified and and um, and expanded, and we just had even more fun than season one. And uh, I think people will will enjoy it very much. Yeah, I mean, you guys get to go to Saint Tropez, and like a Saint Tropez beach club is like my favorite place in the whole wide world. It is like the best escapism ever, isn't it? I don't know if you can uh, if you can talk about es- escape when you talk about a beach in Saint-Tropez because <laughs> this is really the heart the, the heart of the beast. This is, you know, if you want to be seen and heard and and party and everything, this is where you need to go. So um but you know, then again, maybe this is your your uh, serenity place. Yes, exactly. Well, what did you want to do when you visited? Because everyone loves the characters so much. So when you came back to revisit your character, what did you want to do, and how did you want to move him on, and how did you want to revise kind of like some of the fundamental aspects of the show as well? Um, I, I think uh, you know when you when you jump into a first season. Uh, um, as you as you're shooting it, you're kind of also discovering the character. You know, you're you're people meet the character as they're watching the show. You meet the character as you start shooting because there's no blueprint. You know, there's a script, but we all need to like find our groove and tune into a a, a common melody. So so it, so the, it makes sense in the end. And so second season was more fun because I knew Gabriel a, a, a little better. And I was, you know, uh, more able to have fun with it and and go into the little corners and 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 also, you know, in season one, I was just battling with my imposter syndrome. So it was it was great to come back with a bit more confidence and and just and just have fun because it's supposed to be fun. If you want people to enjoy uh, watching the story, you you need to be you need to be able to have fun while while you're telling it. How do you think your relationship with that imposter has changed for you? I don't think it it has changed. I think it will be with me uh, uh, always, forever. Uh, it's it's a you know it's all. I think it's good in a way because you question things and nothing is you know set in stone and you can you are able to challenge yourself. Uh, and it's always good. It's always good to question things. Um, I think it's just like I'm not uh, like I was in season one into this uh, paralyzing self-doubt mode where I come to set and I'm like, I'm just going to stick exactly to the lines and, and not take any risks and, and not, you know, try things too much because I just want to, uh, I, I don't want to fuck this up. And um, on season one, I was more able to, uh, you know, propose and, and, and have fun with, with the lines because I knew the character way better and the melody of the show. Mm. And I mean, the lines are hilarious. And my favorite thing about the whole show is the, is the innuendos. They are so good. What is your favorite Emily in Paris innuendo? Well, I think, uh, I think that <laughs> I would say when we're in, in Champagne and I'm, 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 I'm telling Emily that since she didn't, uh, get to try my eggplant at least she's uh, enjoying my cock and uh it was really weird when we shot that on set because you know she's supposed to she's supposed to cut me off and and i would uh and you know sometimes when some some someone cuts you off you 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 pretend you don't really 
uh, cut off the person on set and then they add it uh, afterwards so we get proper sound and so I didn't know how to how to play this and I asked I asked there and uh, should, should I you know should should Lily uh, should Emily uh, step on 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 my cock I said it in the most genuine way because I I wanted to know if she was supposed to you know step on the sentence and you know and I saw Daring giggling uh, behind the camera and uh, and and that kind of set the mood for that scene and I, I that's when I kind of understood that every single line in the show has as a sexual innuendo. Well, I don't think any... <laughs> you guys don't want people stepping on your cock. Let's get real, but like you guys have such a hoot filming this and i know that ashley park is the queen of a good time as is our girl lily collins um for you looking back at all the fun times you guys have had what is the most ott situation you guys have got yourselves into oh wow so many so many uh (laughs) just uh, i think i think the most ott we had was uh that night we went uh uh we went to this kind of amusement park slash circus slash uh rave party and um so basically you had like music and at the same time you can go in rides and everything and we were wearing makeup and and costumes and it was the most fun we had uh not being on set and uh, i think on the way back uh <laughs> ashley forgot her keys because we we're supposed to head back to Ashley with everyone for a last drink and uh, she forgot her keys and she was on the first floor so so I which is the the actual second floor for French people and um and so I decided to climb the climb the the building and as I as I was climbing and I I had to you know uh kind of break in uh the apartment by pushing the window with my shoulder and as I got in I couldn't recognize the apartment and I saw like a violin in the library and, and, and the light turned on and, and I heard steps and I was like, you know, shouting at Ashley. I was like, do you have, have you ever had a violin? And she's like, no, 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 wrong apartment. So I had to like jump from the, it, it was a terrible situation. And, and one of the producers was here. I, sh- I shouldn't, you know, mention any names, but they were like, okay, this is not great. But this is just a little 1% of all the, all the stuff we've been doing. Mm, I feel like that could actually be a very good classic scene for the show. So it's like life imitating art, right? Yeah. You know, the, the fun part about Emily in Paris is that the producers and the writers are living in Paris while we're shooting it. So basically, we're, we're, they're also writing as we're shooting. So, so they, you know, we go out, we have drinks and, and we go to dinner and we... And we go on walks and we like experience Paris as they are here. And so they, they really capture the essence of everything we do and put it into the script. So it's really life imitating art in, in this show, for real. Yeah. And speaking of that art, I've read that you don't actually like watching yourself back. Have you actually watched Emily in Paris back yet? It's hard to avoid Emily in Paris. It was all over the place when it came out, and I was like, okay, maybe I need to, you know, make peace with the fact that um, there's also an, an opportunity to see where I did good, where I wasn't connected, and, and improve myself. But it's it's never it's never a pleasure to watch myself. No, and I think most most actors don't like it. Mm. Have you always had that in a critic? Has that always been something you carried with you? Yeah. Um, 
yeah i think it in the in the, the healthiest way uh, i think if if you want to be able to uh, improve and, and and grow you need to question everything maybe not to uh, like the extent that i'm experiencing but it is uh it is important you know we have a saying in French that says only dumb people don't change their mind and uh, I think it's important to be able to see things from a different perspective and zoom out and and it, it has followed me around for a long time. Mm. Within that when you have that inner critic and then all of a sudden you're in a show like Emily in Paris which is so huge and it kind of catapults you into this instant star and you become like the internet's boyfriend and all the first that comes with it. How did you cope with that instantaneous change to your life? I was both uh, flattered and, and happy that the show was doing so great and, and found an audience and provided escapism in a, such a difficult time for everyone. And at the same time, it's hard to feel legitimate when you've been working for 10 years and, and you all of a sudden you get such a, a big visibility overnight you know i feel like i still have everything to accomplish and i i'm i'm i still have so much to to do and improv and it's just yeah the first week was a bit a bit difficult i felt like i didn't deserve the attention i felt it was uh it I really didn't feel legitimate to to what was said and it was also gabrielle is is highly objectified and uh, and so for a second, I didn't mm. know if this, is, this was the path I wanted to go on. And for 10 years, I was make, kind of making um, choices that I thought would, you know, everybody wants to be a serious actor, I think, and, and, and be taken seriously when they tell a story. And so I was, I, I was scared in the beginning to be just, you know, uh, the boy next door, the object. And, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, I'm I'm very grateful about the visibility. I'm really very grateful about everything that the show uh, uh, brought me so far. I've been I've been, I had the opportunity to work with amazing actors and 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 make beautiful movies and and so I made I kind of made peace with that. And you know you have to take things for what they are. And um, I'm probably in a niche right now, and I'm, and I'm making the most of it. And then I'll be able to you know go to some, something else and challenge myself in, in different aspects of the craft. Mm. When it comes to that objectification, I think if you're seeing that, it must almost make you reflect on yourself in a new way as well. How is kind of like your relationship with your own body and body image changed as well throughout your life, would you say? You feel a bit exposed and vulnerable and, and naked and and when they when they label you uh, night like overnight heartthrob and 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 everything, you feel like you have an obligation to be not perfect, but to fit into that you know uh, into that uh, like square of just this is what a heartthrob or like a, a it was very physical, you know, and uh, and I don't mm. consider myself as someone who's you know. I'm not like ripped and uh, I don't spend my days at the gym. I'm, I'm very French. I'm, uh, I like, I enjoy, you know, whatever my country has to offer. And uh, it, it doesn't go hand, to hand, hand in hand with uh, uh, a good ripped body. So I, I just, it made me very self-aware and I didn't want to 
yeah, kind of part of me wanted to match that and because I didn't want to disappoint people that were expecting this from me. And at the same time, I just, I just, you know, I needed uh, something a bit uh, more real. So I, I just made peace with that as well. Mm. And, um, and people have been very nice. Uh, you know, I've, I've been asked like, what kind of message do you get on Instagram and everything? It's, it's, it's been so respectful and, uh, and I'm very, very grateful for that. And I think one of the things that's so great about Gabriel is he has got this very layered sense of masculinity. He's not just like this like boy next door, you know, does a little pose. He's like, he's layered, he's emotional. Like, and you really bring that to the fore as well. Is that something you were very conscious to do? Because this whole discussion around masculinity is such a difficult one and it's such a complex one. How did you want to like make sure this was a very sort of like 2021, 2022 version of what masculinity is and what masculinity means to you? Well, I, I you know, when you read the script, it is literally the boy next door and uh, like, like many before me. And uh, so I wanted to bring a, a bit of nuance to that. And and it's hard to justify the fact that he's cheating on his girlfriend. And, uh, you know, when, you, when, when, I, um, when I start working with a new character, I need to start from a place of love. And, and I need to love the character in order for it to be real. And from that place of love, I, I kind of, you know, uh, start drawing a blueprint of where he went and what, what are the traumas and, and, and scars that brought him to act this way and to... Because, you know, everybody, everybody starts their journey being just nice and wanting to be loved and validated and accepted. And, and it's just what makes you act a certain way and give up your values and principles is usually uh, traumas. So I, I was looking into that and looking into that, I just, I just realized that he was, he was a modern man. He was uh, very connected to his, fem- uh, his femininity. Can you say that? Or his feminine side. Yes. Uh, it was vulnerable <laughs> yeah. and, um, and a bit lost, you know. It was kind of a, like a little boy wondering, like, what life is about and, and what's next for him. And, and I just, uh, I was able to dive into that and find, find a, some, some innocence and, and love in it. And uh, I'm, I'm actually glad that people connected with that uh, that vision of Gabriel. Emily in Paris is all about this idea of renovation, isn't it? And, you know, Emily moves away. She's learning about herself, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And we've touched on this already. And this series of the podcast is all about wellness. And, you know, starting the year feeling like your true self. For you, when has been the biggest moment of reinvention for you or the time when you've really had to like face yourself and who you are as a person? Um, I think the, uh, the biggest one was probably um, like probably eight years ago. I was in Paris. I was, you know, struggling as an actor. Uh, I, was, uh, I was working in restaurants uh, during the day and a different one at night. And the only days off I had, uh, I would go to acting school, and and I was I was pretty miserable because I did, I, I couldn't see anything happening for me uh, in France. I was always, you know, they like they like broken faces that people can identify to. It's a very French thing, and uh, I was I was never the right person, and I I started really you know 
falling into that uh, self-doubt and uh, and and I can only I could only see myself working as an actor because it's therapeutic for me. I love the research and uh, I, I learn so much about myself while I'm searching another character. And at this point, I just I just couldn't find any solutions, and I decided to go to Alaska uh, because I was I just saw the movie Into the Wild and to me and I decided I just I just the next day I was on a plane to Seattle and then to um, um, Fairbanks and I hitchhiked to Hilly a little town and I started walking I think it was I don't know uh, how much it, it is in Fahrenheit but it was like below 30 degrees in, in, in Celsius which is like twice two times colder than, the, than what, you, what your freezer uh, is like you know so I was like a little ice cream walking in the in the tundra and i i found a bus and i i lived in it for um for a week and i was just alone it was um such a luxury to have perfect silence that this is not something we get every day and i i got completely lost and i i actually never been so in tune with myself than when i was completely lost in the tundra and uh, that was a life-changing experience and i came back with a different perspective and mindset mm. do you when you look after your mental health now and your mental well-being now do you lean on those lessons you learn during that time yeah i think it's important to to uh to remember where you're coming from it's it's you know little bricks and you build your your foundations with it and um every little brick is an experience it can be a good one or a bad one but you learn you know as much in the good and, and the bad moments so you, you, that's the best thing is is to really remember where you're coming from. How do you look after your mental well-being now? What does self-care look like for you? I think it's uh it's pretty simple actually, and it works. It's just you know I like to wake up very early, uh, like six, like not Mark Wahlberg type four a.m. But like six is good. I think when when it, everything is very silent, and um, there's like the, the stillness of it is just. It's just the best sort of uh, kind of meditation. And I just, you know, I write down uh, intentions for the day. And and it's great because the day, you know, your day belongs to you before your day belongs to anybody else. And it really sets the mood for the rest of the day. Just like they say that your first uh, day of the year is going to define your entire year after New Year's Eve. Uh, I feel like it's the same for... Uh, for, for the way you start your day. And so after that, it's just, you know, being healthy and, and exercising and, you know, a lot of fruit and a lot of water. We don't drink enough water. Do you drink your water, Josh? <laughs> um, so right now I'm not getting all the water I should be. But after this, <laughs> after this conversation, I'm going to be downing gallons of it. So don't worry. <laughs> if you don't do it for yourself, do it for me. Yes. <laughs> I will. I'll do, I'll do it for you and I'll do it for myself and my insides who probably need it as well. But when you look at your career now and you've got so many incredible roles coming up. I mean, I was reading this and I was like, this is insane. You're starring with Julia Roberts <laughs> and George Clooney in Ticket to Paradise. You've got The Honeymoon coming up. You're also starring alongside Isabel Hubert in Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. Like, you are booked. You're busy. Like, WTF? Like, what has been the biggest pinch yourself moment on that new journey of you being this huge Hollywood star? 
Oh wow, I don't know about that, but I've been I've been I've, I've been working, yes, and uh and it feels it feels great uh to you know to gather so much experience and 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 also to have the opportunity to see that uh, you know the greater the actor the, the the nicer the person. It's just I've been you know completely amazed at how you know coming to set and that George is just the happiest person on set and still has the magic. It's, it's just like a little kid jumping around and, and pranking people and just uh, making everything uh, safe on set for you to be able to navigate and, and, and try things. And, and Julia is just like, I don't know, it's, it's, it, it can, be, can be raining outside when Julia smiles, everything is sunny again. It's, 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 they're just the nicest, uh, nicest people. And, um, and I know we say that about everyone, but they they truly are, and it it just gives me so much hope because, you know, I this is how I see this industry. I I think it needs we're providing entertainment, and at the end of the day, we're not changing the world, not to a certain extent. And so, you know, we have to be. It needs to be fun. It needs to be respectful, empathetic, and and this is what what, what I'm getting right now, and it just makes me want to tell more stories and be be a better person. Mm. When you look back now, does it make you, how do you think about how you define rejection and acceptance now that you've found this new level of success? Or have you learned that success is just something that's actually built inside and it's not an external thing? I, I don't really um, measure success. I, it, it's just a word for me because, um, you know, life is the same. Uh, life is exactly the same. I have my close uh, gr- group of friends that always you know we always keep each other uh on the ground whenever one of us is just like flying above its head its head and um and so i don't know i don't know success is just uh it's just a word it's just uh it's it's a bit unhuman to be honest we're just you know people traveling and and telling stories and and at the end of the day there's i i don't really like that uh Clarification? Can you say that? I, I don't like that. Some uh, professions, of, you know, like actors, are kind of put on a pedestal because you you see them on screen or in your own living room or on talk shows and everything. But it's just it's very dust, you know. And um, and I, I like that mm. we can be normal and uh, and connect as much as possible with the with the audience and. and and in real life with people, because this is where we get all the inspiration from. Oh my God, 1000%. And I mean, you're flying on our screens. It's amazing to see. And I can't believe we've already come to near the end of the episode. I mean, I could talk to you forever. But in the reign of your life, what is the one rule you will always live by? That's an interesting question. Um, I'd like to think about it. How much time do we have? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you have approximately two minutes <laughs> i guess i just want to be a truth seeker yeah you know when in doubt truth mm. it out i want to be i always want to encourage and 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 look for the truth in everyone and including myself and mm. you know when when you tell the truth there's no there's no mistake mm. and i think that's a good place to get to in life when you know that you are true to yourself right i think every human being on this planet goes through that struggle yeah it's it's a life struggle uh, but it's it's the best journey of all because it's, it's a never-ending one 
Do you feel like you're true to yourself sitting here today than you've been in other parts of your life? Uh, yeah, you know, uh, uh, weirdly, yes. Uh, you learn a lot about yourself uh, while talking about yourself with different people and strangers and and even with you right now. I, you're not a stranger to me, but it's, it's, uh, it's very t- therapeutic. Uh, and to see yourself on screen and to see how people perceive you and and who you really think you are and what people think they know of you. It's, it's, there's so much to deal with. And I've, yeah, I, th- I feel like I've never been further myself than right now. Mm. This is what the whole podcast is about, because I say this all the time. Like, you discover so much about yourself through talking to other people. And, like, even through the things you've said today, I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's just really struck, like, a chord with me. And it's like... I'm going to make sure the first hour of my day is about me because that's the foundations of the rest of my day. And I think that's what the power conversation is, isn't it? And that's what connects us as humans at the end of the day is those shared experiences and learning about those shared experiences through other people. Absolutely. And we, you know, we always stick on this mask and armors because we don't want to be seen with our uh, flaws. But flaws are are what makes us human. And and this is how you connect with people. This is how we fall in love with someone, you know, through the flaws and accepting those flaws and seeing them as like just little signatures that makes the person special. And once you're accepted in your flaws and mm. vice versa, it's just the, you go to space, it's in another dimension of love. And it's, it's just society. It makes us, you know, put on those masks, but acceptation and empathy is just at the center of it all. Mm. And you can't get into that position unless you start by loving yourself, right? Like that's one of the hardest parts. It's hard to accept that someone loves you more than what you actually love yourself. It's, 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 uh, mm. I think a lot of people struggle with that. Just lo- love yourself and, and, and love the journey. Yes, that is a good way to start our year here on Rain. And thank you so much for joining me, Lucas. It's been great talking to you and good luck with everything. It's so amazing to see you doing so incredibly well and just like keep making it rain. <laughs> thank you, Josh. Thank you so much for joining me for another incredible episode of the podcast. I really hope you found something in this episode that makes you feel like you're making it rain in your own life too. And if you have, I'd love to hear about it. So get me on socials at Josh Smith Host. If you've enjoyed this episode, please like, rate, subscribe or follow. And most importantly, please share this with someone you think needs to hear it. It might just open up a conversation you never knew you needed. Hi babes, me again. Just wanted to tell you about something very exciting. I can't believe I'm about to tell you this, but I've written a book and it's called Great Chat. As you know, I love to chat, plot spoiler, and I love talking to people about their lives because as I always say, talking and listening is so powerful. The book is all about how you can master conversation and transform your life just like it has for me. I've used my experience from all the amazing interviews I've been lucky enough to do, as well as a load of research to help you deal with everything from making new friends to embracing difficult discussions. Great chat should never be underestimated. It can truly improve your well-being, allow you to create the life you want, and bring the connections you are so deserving of, babes. 
You can pre-order Great Chat today in hardback, ebook, and audiobook, read by me, no less, and it's out on the 20th of June.